Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Wright. Hi, welcome back to the Connection Show with Brian and Nicole. Hello. Say hi, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Brian. <laughs> Good to see y'all. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. We have another awesome topic today that we are so excited to discuss. We've been talking about it at home, and we're just really excited to share with you. But if you want to go back and see past episodes of The Connection Show, you can go to connectionshow.org, and you can see all kinds of other stuff that we've talked about before. And this one's going to be really awesome. So you're probably one of going to blah, blah, blah. We're probably... <laughs> I'm getting so excited about the show, I'm tripping over my own tongue. You're probably going to want to go back and watch this one again. If nothing else, just to laugh at me when I trip over my words. <laughs> we just welcome you. Thank you all so much for tuning in and uh, watching or listening to us wherever you're seeing this. And we're excited to step into a new season. Yeah. This is season three for Connection Show. And, Three's a good uh, number. Huh? Three's, Three's a, a great good number. number. It's going to be a it. great year for Connection. We are so excited for yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you for being a part with us. Make sure to go there uh, to the website and basically send us a note. Let us know where you're watching from. Uh, send us a question or a comment and um, let us know. Go back, watch the old episodes like Nicole said. So today we are talking about a great topic. We're talking about biblical finances. And uh, in biblical finances, one of the things that we found inside of our church and inside of ministry is this. When we first started the church, over 50% of the prayer requests that came in were about finances. And uh, we just said, man, we need, to, we need to make sure that people grow in their knowledge and their application of what does the Bible say about finances. Because most people don't really know what the Bible says about finances. That's and true. because of that, they find themselves in lack. The, you know, the word says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And uh, they are going into captivity for a lack of understanding. So we wanted to start teaching people about finances. We wanted to start giving them uh, the ability to move out of those pits, move out of that lack, and get into the places of God's abundance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a ton of people that really don't know that God wants them to be prosperous and that he right. wants them to be in abundance. And so as we started teaching on that, uh, we started to see people come out of those places. We started to see people rise up in their finances. Not only were their lives in a better shape, but then also they were able to give more. They were able to do more with their finances. The kingdom was advanced more. Even things that we're doing now today, part of the Connection Show, is because people grew in their finances. And as a whole, as a body, we were able to to raise uh, the standard of what we were able to do as a ministry. And you're seeing the results of that. Well, it's just going to grow from here. And we want it to grow in your life. We yeah. want your finances to rise so that you have the ability to live a better standard of life, but also so that you can sow into the kingdom and you can see the kingdom advance because of what you're doing as well. And that's God's plan. So in in the ministry, you know, originally 50% of the prayer requests were about finances. That's right. I would say that today it's less than 25%. It's still, but that's because you constantly have new people coming in that it still exists there. But we all want to be growing in that. And one of the things that we've seen in just this past year, uh, probably the past 10 months, 
we as a ministry have been able, we've seen over at this point, uh, in 10 months, 11 months, we've seen over 330 people commit uh, their sales to Jesus as their Lord. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, we've been able to give away uh, five cars in the past 11 months here. Uh, we've been able to see the salaries in the lives of people connected at Boomerang Church and the lives of the people that are connected there as partners raise close to 100,000, right at 98,000 mm -hmm. uh, salary has raised every year that's going to be up from here on out. That's right. But here's one of the great numbers. In that same 10 to 11 months, we've seen supernaturally God erase debt and there's been over $900,000 worth of debt supernaturally erased. Amen. That praise is, God. Praise God. That yeah. is, he is awesome. And you can take part in that too, but the key is that you know what does the word say yes. about finances and how do we operate in it. So today, that's what we're going to start looking at. And let's look at the basics. You know, today we're going to look at the basics of biblical finances. And then in the weeks to come, we're going to look at, you know, what, what does God have to say about debt? Uh, and then we're going to say, what does God have to say about abundance? You know, is, does he talk about abundance? If so, how does he speak of it? What does he expect us to be walking in? And uh, what, do we, what do we need to be walking in concerning debt and abundance? We did a series called Bye Bye Debt, Hello Abundance. Uh, and then we did another series called From Lack to Abundance. And what we're seeing is that people will be able to move into these things. Recently, we just did a class at the church, a workshop for just some simple biblical finances and uh, people's uh, everyday budget, just some logical steps for their budget so that they can start moving out of the places that they have been and growing up to the places that God wants them to grow up in. So you should be able to go to boomerangchurch.org and also see uh, that budgeting workshop and uh, grab a hold of some of the worksheets that we have. And if you have any questions, send us uh, send us a note. We won't, we're here to help you. And uh, so let us help, help us help you. <laughs> Amen. And uh, let's go, me, help, help me help you. Let's go to 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. Let's start. What is the basics of what the Lord says about this? So 1 John, or 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. You want to get that? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. You know, so him, he tells you right here, his desire is for us to prosper. Yes. You know, the thing that comes to mind is, you know, and Hosea tells us, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so often when I'm reading that, I'm thinking, I'm destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But not only am I destroyed for a lack of knowledge, but the people I'm supposed to be helping are destroyed for a lack of my knowledge because God wants to use me. He's wanting me to prosper so that I can be a blessing to others. And because I'm not prospering, because I'm not listening to 3 John 1, 2 and prospering the way my father wants me to prosper, then I'm not able to help others. Yes. You know, so other people are being destroyed because I don't listen to what my daddy wants for me and I'm yes. not walking in it. And so it's an important word to understand that, you know, we have to hear what daddy wants for us. Yes. You know, because he loves us. I, 
one thing about this verse that I like is that it says, you know, a lot of people will say that uh, that when he's talking here, he's talking about spiritually prospering. But he actually handles that at the end of the verse. Right. He says, As beloved, I pray in all respects. And, and basically that means in every area of life and in every way, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health. So prosper you physically and you know financially and in your health even as your soul prospers right. so as you grow spiritually and your mind is renewed your soul is your mind will and emotions as your soul is renewed now as your spirit grows that's when your physical prosperity goes in right. so it's talking in this verse about prospering both uh, physically and materially and uh, in the spirit as well Covers uh, all the bases. That verse and 2 Corinthians 9, 8, you want to read that? Yeah, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. You know, and so this is where I was talking about, I'm supposed to prosper so that I can be a blessing to others. I'm supposed to do every good deed out of my own abundance. And he makes it pretty clear here. I mean, it's all grace, abound. Abound isn't just enough. It's abundance. So all grace abounding to you so that always, it's not just once in a while, not just, you know, if God's in a good mood that day, it's always having all sufficiency in everything, in every area of your life. God wants you to prosper and be in abundance so that you can perform every good deed. You know, we're called to be his hands and feet. So yeah. this is where walking in abundance, we can be his hands and feet and we can go out and we can take care of the widows. We can take care of the orphans. We can help with the, you know, the beggars because we have the abundance yes. and every yeah. good deed. In uh, the, these two verses between 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 and 2 Corinthians 9, 8, these are two uh, verses that will be key to this whole series yeah. because what you see is you see the heart of God. You see the heart of God that says, I want you to prosper in every aspect, in every respect. I want you to prosper materially. I want you to prosper uh, in your health. I want you to prosper in your spirit. But then in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, you see part of the reason for that. You know, the first one is, hey, I love you. The second one is, I love other people and I mm -hmm. have good works prepared for you so that you will then have an abundance for every good work, have an abundance for every good deed. Yeah. And I love in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, I think we'll spend some more time there later on in the series, but it's just, it's full of absolutes. That's right. It is full of absolutes. Uh, you see, God is able to make all grace mm -hmm. abound to you, not just get to you, abound to you, right. so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for not just some good deeds, but for every good deed. It's an, it's an amazing verse because he's yeah. like, any way that you can add all and abundance to it and go absolute, this is got it in this verse. And so God really makes some great promises here in this verse. 
uh, that we, I think that if we'll just meditate on this verse, our spirit will grab a hold of, produce faith for. Right. That's what we're seeing in our ministry in the past year is we're seeing people grab a hold of it and it has become real to them. So uh, let's look. I want to go over to this. This is Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 through 13. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. When we're just talking basically about where does God stand with abundance and where does he stand uh, with debt, and we're just looking at the basics here, one of the things that's very important to understand is a lot of times, I know as a pastor, you get in front of people and all of a sudden you start talking about uh, finances and it's like the air is sucked out of the room. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's just, you can feel almost the tension when you start talking about finances. Now, we've kind of, in Boomerang, in our church, we've grown beyond that now where we start talking about finances. Actually, people start to get excited, yeah. which is a great place to be, but it took us some time to get there, but that's where we're at now. And praise God, because now it opens us up to the freedom to preach what he has for us without holding back. And now that means that God wants to get abundance into the lives of people. But one of the things that I noticed is this, is that with um, finances and with abundance, the Lord doesn't consider that to be the top rung of spiritual maturity. He doesn't consider that to be the highest. He actually considers it to be one of the lowest. Matter of fact, biblical finances, in my opinion is basically a good, another way that we could look at it is it's Christianity 101. Yeah. It's the beginning class on Christianity. And the reason for that, the reason I say that is that's exactly what Jesus says right here. But he also says this, uh, he also has shown that in finances, in biblical finances, if we will learn how to operate in uh, kingdom finances, we can then apply that same faith. We can apply that across the board. In all portions of salvation, we can apply that same thinking to healing. Mm -hmm. We can apply it to restoration, to deliverance, to protection. And the Lord says that here, Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. He's been talking about money, and he was talking about a steward being good as well. And then he says this in verse 10, he who is faithful in a very little thing. Now, we have to ask ourselves, what is that very little thing that he's talking about being faithful in? And the very little thing that he's talking about is finances here on the earth. And he says, if you are faithful in the use of the king's finances here on the earth, he says it's a very little thing. Yeah. But yet, when we would preach, what would happen is the air would get sucked out of the room. How can you move to conquering something uh, like finances if nobody wants to hear preaching on it? Yeah. So for a Christian, we need to understand that if God considers our, our worldly finances handled in a kingdom fashion, in a biblical fashion, as a little thing, then that's the first step. That's one of the first steps that we need to understand. We need to understand money in this world and how God wants us to uh, use it 
We need to understand that. That's one of the first things. Listen to what he says. He who is faithful in a very little thing or he who is faithful in this world's money, using it for the king, is faithful also in much. So once we understand how to be faithful in this small thing, then we can be faithful in much. But if we don't understand money according to how God thinks about it, it's going to be hard for us to move into higher levels of what God has for us to operate in. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much, and he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. King James says God and mammon. That also means you cannot serve God and the world system. You have to serve God and his system. You have to serve God the way that he lays it out. And he says this, if you will learn how to use money, which is the unrighteous wealth of this earth, and you will learn how to use that righteously for the king, for Jesus, then I can hand to you the true riches. Now I can hand to you, uh, I can put souls in your yeah. hand. I can give you the ability to win souls better than you have been before. I can put the power of God in your hand. I can put healing. I can put protection, restoration, deliverance. I can put these things in your hand. I can put the power of heaven into your hand to be the best witnesses and win the most souls as possible on this earth. But I can't do that until you learn how to be uh, faithful in the small things, which is finances. Well, and I think, you know, one thing that I think people get confused on that last verse is it says no servant can serve two masters. Yeah. You know, it doesn't say you can't have money. And that's where people are like, that's a great you're point. in two ditches. You know, it's yeah. either you've got the ones who, you know, yes, you can have it all, but they end up serving it. Yes. Or you've got the one that's, you can't have that. The word is clear that it says money is bad. Well, it's actually not. It's, it reminds me of the That's deception right. in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. It's just a slight twist that you have to get. It doesn't say that money is bad. That's you know, right. you see later, it's the love of money that is the root of evil. It just says you can't serve it. Yes. But it tells us, you know, what, what the enemy doesn't want us to get is to be faithful in the serving God with Money. with the money yeah. that we have because when we can serve him with this very little thing yes then that's when he opens the doors and so many people have a heart to do good it's like lord i want to be used it's here am i send me yes but god's like i can't yet because you can't even master this one little thing yes you know and i think so many people get caught uh, caught up on that scripture that you can't serve to yeah. and don't understand that it's really, it's not that you can't have the money, you just can't serve it. That's but right. you can very, very easily serve your master, God, yes. with that money by choosing to be a vessel. 
if we get our heart right towards money, we can use money as a tool. Yes. And that's why this is Christianity 101. Yeah. This is a maturity uh, concept. Biblical finances is a, is a kingdom maturity concept that if we'll grab a hold of, it leads into a lot of other areas. But yeah. a lot of times people don't want to talk about it because they've been preached down. You can't have it. Right. And, and you have people in the world that want nothing to do with Christianity because they understand that money is a tool one way or yeah. the other. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, who's a part of our leadership, he had a he did an offering message one time and he brought in a toolbox. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, do you think that this hammer is bad? Do you think that this wrench is bad? Do you and and everybody was like, "No." He said and he pulled out money out of his pocket, I, I believe, and he said, "This is just a tool as well." And and I love I heard somebody recently say this. They said, "This will only do. It will only amplify. Money will only amplify the heart that's using it. That's it. Money will amplify the heart that's using it. So then you start to understand, we just have to have a heart change towards money, not love it, but love God. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden we will use money for what it's used for, for the purpose that God has set out. And that is how the Lord wants us to see it and understand it. When we get that change in our heart and our mind and our mind renewed towards biblical finances, all of a sudden now God can use us to advance the kingdom the way that he wanted to. Now you go back to that verse that we were reading before and it says this, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every yeah. good deed. And you can see it at play there. Yeah. It's, it's not that he doesn't want you to have money. It's that he wants you to have money being used for the right purpose. Mm -hmm. And then he can get it into the right places. The next verse that we look at is Deuteronomy 8.18. I have it. Go ahead. I'll go ahead and read it. It's Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And that is such an important word yes. because it says it's God who has given you the power to get wealth. Well, he's not going to give you the power to do something if it's going to hurt him, his kingdom, his people, or you. But it's God who's giving you that power so that he may confirm his covenant. He has a covenant with us. Yes, yeah. To yeah. bless us, to do every good thing. Yeah. You know, and the power to get wealth proves that covenant. Yes. And see, you know, talking about kingdom finance and biblical finances, God will give you the power to get wealth. Mm -hmm. Do you want wealth? Well, then you Go just get seek it. God, yeah. seek him and his kingdom first. And all these things will be added to you. That's right. He will give you the power. Ask him for the power. Ask him, manifest, Lord, the power to get wealth in my life. And But before you go after him like that, you want to make sure that you say, am I seeking him first in this or am I seeking myself? Right. This is why it's Christianity 101. It lays it out. 
who am I really after? Am I just trying to fill up my garage with nice cars? Yeah. Or am I trying to fill up his kingdom with souls? Which one? And in this verse, it says that he wants to confirm his covenant. He wants to show that he loves you. And he also wants to bring his covenant to the world. This is why he gives us the power to get wealth. So then you also look at uh, Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. I'm, I'm already there, so I'm going to read that one. It says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. It's our choice. We have to choose life in order that we may live, us and our descendants. Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite verses uh, just because there's, I don't think that everybody understands this verse uh, yeah. fully. I know the, I had to ask the Lord some questions about it. And as he told me about it, it really blessed me because it, the first thing is it says witness against you. Mm -hmm. In other words, what it's really doing is it's calling heaven and earth to give an account, to give a witness that will tell the tale. It will show what you chose. It, right. it will give a witness according to the testimony that you choose. And then if we don't know what we should choose, God says it in here, <laughs> choose life. Cheat sheet. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, it comes with its own cheat sheet right there. Choose life. In order that, and here's what he wants, that you may live, you and your descendants. And if we look at John 10, 10, we know yeah. that he doesn't want us just to live, you know, uh, kind of. He wants mm -hmm. us to overflow, that That's you might it. have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So you start to see this recurring theme throughout the whole word. He wants us to live life to the full till it overflows. He wants us to live in abundance. He wants everything to be in abundance, not just finances. When he says in that 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that we may have an abundance for every good deed, he's saying abundance in finances, abundance in everything. So as we wrap up today, I want to look at a couple of things. And uh, I just want to say this to you. Why are we talking about this? Why are we teaching on uh, biblical finances? Why are we talking about it? Well, number one, uh, if we don't teach on it, my people are destroyed from a, for a lack of knowledge. The other thing is, there's a lot of people that have been struggling. Well, how do we get people out of the struggle? We get them out of the struggle by teaching what does God say about these things. The other thing is this. We, I listed out four points. Why do we teach this? Number one, God loves you. Number two, God loves other people. And by getting a blessing into your life individually, he can also, if your heart and your mind is right towards finances, he can get that blessing to moving into every good work for other people. Number three, we're going to talk about this next time. Poverty, according to the Lord, is a bondage. And then number four, we are designed to rule and to reign. And how are we going to rule and reign if we're living in lack? God wants us to have kingdom finances. So as we finish today, you may know the Lord. You might not know him, but I'm telling you today that he wants you to live in abundance. If right now you want to see your life, be it in finances or any other area, you want to see your life start to rise up 
All you have to do is become part of the family. Join with Jesus today. Become a part of God's family. And you do that by praying this prayer. Pray this with me. We know that we've all, we know that we've all uh, fallen short of the glory of God. We know that we've all sinned and come short. But Jesus gave his life that we might be saved, not to judge us and condemn us, but to save us. And so right now, make Jesus your Lord. Just pray this with me. Say, Father, Father today, today I, make Jesus I make Jesus the Lord of my life. The Lord of my life. Today, today I receive him as my savior. I receive him as my savior. He's the director. He's the director. He calls the shots. He calls the and shots. I will be obedient. And I will be obedient. And I believe, I believe that he took my sins on him. That he took my sins. Those on sins him. took him to death and the grave. Took him to death and the grave. And I believe, I believe that God brought him back to life. God brought him back to life. And when he raised me, raised him up. When he raised him up, he raised me up with he him. Raised me up with him. And now, according to your word, according to your word, I am seated. I am seated in heavenly places, in with, heavenly Jesus. places with Jesus. Amen. 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 If you prayed that, you are now born again. You have a right to the abundance of life that God's talking to. Thank you so much for joining us today on Connection, and we just praise God for you. Have a great week. Go to connectionshow.org and you can watch this or other episodes. Let us know where you're watching from. Thank you. Have a good week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole for this week's broadcast. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus, where you can find true joy and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at connectionshow.org. We love you. Have a great week.